Hello and welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Stuart. And I'm Simon. We are both property people running our own businesses and this podcast is just us chatting every week about the reality of anything and everything property. And at the moment, there are so many different subjects to talk about, for us to think about. And certainly both Simon and I talk online and offline regarding a lot of the things going on at the moment because uh, Simon's trying to look for an investment property. I'm in the throes of buying another one. But all we see in the news at the moment is the news around increased regulation, what that's doing to the private rental sector, what that could mean for tenants in, in with regards to fewer houses. The Obviously, we've had the, the recent rent freeze in Scotland and talking about what this actually means for tenants and the challenges that we face as investors. And something that Simon and I were just talking about was was really what, what does it mean to us specifically as investors and how do we think about what we do and, and how do we how do we adapt what we do if if we do anything at all? Because one of my sort of modus operandi has always been just to to focus on the numbers and and if that works, let's just move forward. But there's so much to think about now. And Simon, I'm thinking particularly in your case, you are waiting to pull the trigger on a, a new purchase. I mean, I'm in the middle of one, so we've kind of done that thinking. And and as I've shared re- uh, previously, the numbers have changed slightly. It's not as appealing as it once was, but we're going to adapt to that. Something I can talk about shortly, but. Where are you at with uh, with a lot of, all the noise that's going on at the moment? Where, where's, where are you at with your process? You're right. It adds a lot of extra things to think about. So you've got to be a lot more aware of things like EPCs when you're looking at properties you might invest in. So it's not just, is the headline EPC high enough? So for example, some of the properties I'm looking at, they, they might be showing a, a D at the moment. But then you can actually look at the EPC and say, oh, okay, but then there's no loft insulation. Or something else relatively simple can be added or adapted that, that could probably bump it up. So, so it's sort of trying to identify things like that. And also, whenever I look at a property now, I've always looked for, for properties that have some parking. Although, having said that, not all of the properties in my portfolio do have good parking. But anyway, we'll, we'll gloss over that bit. I have always tried to look for, for properties with parking. and now it's not just that you're looking for properties with parking you need to probably think about can i fit an electric charge point for an electric vehicle to this property and get it to their parking so that it's sort of future proofed in that way and and these are just sort of the the very practical things that i think tenants are going to be looking for before you even start worrying too much about the actual regulation that's coming in and the, the extra restrictions there and I mean, if we if we add in Scotland as well, then whether that might spill over, I mean, hopefully it won't. But yeah, all, all sorts of worries there. Just on those points, and this is where I think it's interesting because my strategy, as we know, is particularly co-living. So, you know, multiple people in a house. And a lot of things we talked about when we were doing a couple of developments were, well, we don't have... Um, car parking spaces or and we don't have currently communal rooms and we've we've done some work around that but we we adapted some of the model to say okay we let's buy a property because we like the property but 
accept that we're not going to have certain things, but let's raise the standard of the property. And and this is why I just put, you know, just calling this out in terms of the things you've already mentioned, because those things might put some people off, but then people like me would, would find a workaround. There might be things that you do that I just wouldn't want to do, whereas you'd find a workaround. So I think that's, and particularly on the EPC one. Now, I I wouldn't say I've buried my head in the sand, although I probably have actually about the EPC, but there's a big part of me that says, okay, we've got a deadline of 2025, but how realistic is that deadline anyway? And so I've just, I'm just driving forward. I know that that may come back and bite me on the bum in a few years' time. And I'm absolutely not saying we shouldn't think about it now. We should. I think rather than worrying about the EPC requirement deadline, I, I'm looking at it more from a, an energy use sort of perspective these days. So another mm. characteristic I'm, I'm considering, and, and I'm not sort of overly pushing this, but I'm considering it at all properties I look at now, is which way does the roof face? Could I put solar <laughs> panels on it? Mm. And, and I mean, this, this I've gone back through my existing portfolio and almost all of them have roofs going the wrong directions for solar panels, which is very annoying. But it's certainly something I'm thinking about for the future. Do you know what? It's a criteria that could limit your exposure to rental properties, isn't it? It was uh, which way they're facing. I mean, a lot of us are struggling already to find properties. Imagine that. Yeah, I know. When, when you add in the, the requirement for south-facing roof, it's, yeah, it, it definitely narrows the narrows the pool quite significantly <laughs> but it's a good shout in terms of what what we should be thinking about because I, I like i say i don't and i probably don't because most of them not all but most properties we're going to do a lot of work on anyway and then i like to think that we've got it to a standard but because i i guess i'm the sort of person where if the rules have yet to be defined then i'll continue to play to my rules and that i know that probably sounds very you know so might, might even sound self-centered but that's how i kind of operate <laughs> Oh, I, I think I might might uh, suggest perhaps that's a bit too short term, though, isn't it? Because, I mean, you, if you're looking to hold properties for 10, 20 years, you, you need to be looking at regulations that far out, don't you? Yeah, I, what I'm saying is, like, it's not that I haven't considered it. I mean, if, if a property is an F, then I know we'd have to look at something fairly soon. But there are certain things that are being muted in the, in, in the bill around, you know, if, if you spend up to £10,000, you've spent enough on an EPC to so stop there. Well, I kind of think, well, okay, if you haven't defined those rules yet, what do I do? So, Yeah, a lot of your properties are older properties as well. So you may actually fall into categories where you're not expected to improve them in, as defined by the law, because as you say, it would, would be prohibitive yeah. to pull them apart and rebuild them in a, a way sufficient to, to reach the, the required level. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like I'm, I mean, obviously, I'm being slightly flippant with some of this, but then I, I kind of do agree that if we, you know, I, I do completely align with your view that if you, if you're looking at a property now, and there's certain issues with it, you know, we need to be thinking about them. And actually, there are good reasons, if we're thinking commercially, to, to put in revised office to say, okay, I really like the property, but I am going to have to do the insulation or I am going to have to sort out central heating or what, you know, or the, or the flooring, whatever it may be. And that's going to cost me X amount of grand. And, and, you know, so, so it can help with the negotiation from coming from a, a, a good sense as well. Not, not, you know, not just trying to take prices down, but actually factoring in costs that you probably will incur in the next five plus years. Yeah, quite. We, we weren't really planning to talk about 
energy and, and efficiency and, and that element. But mentioning costs does sort of bring me back around to thinking about things like rents that are, are, have been going up over the last year. And we, we looked at a, at a home track report that came out recently that said the annual rent increase is just over 12%. And that, that's, that's a big chunk. But then when you compare it to inflation, perhaps it's not quite such as big a chunk. And there are signs in the report that this might be at a peak or around the peak of rent increases. And from my point of view, looking at properties as a potential new investment, although rents have gone up, house prices have also gone up. And we are also looking at this extra burden of needing to improve efficiency and looking at more energy efficient houses, both for regulation purposes and also for tenant comfort purposes. And on top of that, in the financial sphere, we've also got mortgage rates going up. And, and I am actually in my area of, of investments of around the southeast, where yields have always been relatively low, I'm actually finding it quite difficult to find properties that work financially at all as a simple single lets. With all of these these pressures because rents have gone up yes but they haven't gone up enough really to compensate for the increases in house prices and then on top of that you've got mortgage rates increasing and taking in profit out there and yet it's it's very difficult very difficult to find things that that actually fit i think especially when you then look for south-facing roofs i mean then, then it's almost impossible yeah, well, exactly exactly and, and this brings us i guess to the the sort of fundamental i was going to say another word but let's say snowstorm i was going to use another word instead of snow but it brings us to this fun fundamental storm around what's happening at the moment with regards to the the amount of regulation the fact that things like the scottish rent freeze is scaring the bejesus out of a lot of us but then I, I guess I'm still at the stage where that hasn't been defined. So it could still come out. Yes, they're going to rent freeze it. But they, look, I, I don't know. But, the, you know, there, there might be sort of, you know, some regulation around that means it's, it's frozen to within 10 to 20 percent of what the perceived market raise. I don't know. But anyway, again, we don't have enough knowledge about that to, to get into. But that but it does scare us. Yeah. Although I think I think rent freezes generally as a topic are are, are very weird because they're they're worried about rents going up because the inflation is going up and making everything more expensive so would they actually completely freeze rents or would they say rents cannot go up above inflation in which case it's not really a rent freeze at all in the current situation and also have they considered movers versus stayers if you like so so rent increases for people who are on an existing tenancy versus rent increases between tenancies because the, the stats show and actually in, in the same uh, home track report that the large majority of rent increases are between tenancies people who stay on a tenancy experience far less in the way of rent increase and and are actually not doing too badly i mean versus inflation they're doing fairly well so would they really sort of say, well, no, this property was, was rented last week for, for 900. So when you put it back on the market, it can still only be 900, even though the market rent is now 1200. Mm. I mean, it's, and how on earth would they try to sort of govern that as in 
actually check and and restrict and implement those rules i mean it's, uh, it's yeah i i can't i can't see this being easy and i'm not actually sure on the ground it would really have that much effect i i agree and i just i i think there's a long way to go before of course if you're if you're in scotland it's a it's a concerning development just because it could be the thin end of the wedge of controls placed on private private landlords so perhaps where it would have an effect is in the rhetoric and and the effect it has on people choosing to buy or sell or whatever yeah and and you know that and that's what we're seeing but in terms of sort of our developments i'm not I'm not getting too concerned about that because, again, a bit like with EPC, I don't think there's enough. I don't have enough knowledge for it to change what I do, other than you know, obviously the EPC was like, okay, well, let's just make sure we're we're building things to a good standard as we would anyway. But of course, the when when you're talking about your deals and not finding deals, for me, it's you know the the utility cost is one that's made a, a big difference combined with the base rate and. I know we've talked about that on sort of podcast recently, so we're not going to get into it too much here. But that means that, you know, from from an investment perspective, it's taken, whereas I would expect to have found a property in usually within a couple of months, you know, we've been looking for, I would say, well, pushing six months now to find a property that, that has the numbers that we would be happy with. And what that's meant is that, certainly in the investment area that i'm in and i know this is definitely not the case in the uk but in the investment area that i'm in there's quite a few properties that have stuck around and typically have stuck around empty without people renting it so you know my my thought around this the storm that's happening is that in the short term certainly it's not good for renters but in the long term i can't see how it works out better for renters anyway and i know the immediate response to that is well you know a turkey's not going to vote for christmas i'm not going to say all of this regulation is great for us. It's not. But then I, having been a renter up till quite recently, I can still look at it from both sides and still think, well, would this change the, the market dynamics enough for people to be able to afford those properties that are becoming empty? And, you know, that's, that's where I get to on, on that score. But, you know, I don't know if you had other thoughts on that, Simon. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, everything's circular. Everything's connected, isn't it? So. You try and restrict the rental market, and one of the ways you do this is perhaps by introducing rent controls or more regulation or higher taxes, so that you're in some of those aspects are designed to make it better for tenants. Some of them are designed to try and get tenants to move out of rented property into buying their own property. But all of those things push the properties that are available sort of around and out of the rental market into the ownership market, which then in turn reduces the pool that's available for rental. And then the renters that are left, which are probably still most of them because actually buying a property is difficult. You have to have a big deposit, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot of renters can't get onto that. And this actually ends up being potentially worse for the renters because now they can't find properties Rents are going up even more because there's a shortage of supply. And now in the circle that it creates, governments are now saying, oh, my goodness, renters are having a terrible time of it. We'd better add some more regulation. 
And then in turn, landlords are saying, well, actually, that's why I'm leaving anyway, so I better get on and, and leave. And, mm. and, and there's even less. And ah, how, how, does, <laughs> how does this be solved for, for anyone, really? Because it ends up just being bad for everyone involved, except perhaps the, the, the landlords who managed to sell at the top of the market. Yeah, and and as an investor, I think with with all of that noise that's happening at the moment, we we've just had to double down on the numbers because it would be it's really easy. I mean, as as we've just demonstrated, it's very easy to get emotive about this just because as as property owners that rent and, and investors, we've been battered the last few years. And while there's not a part of me that thinks that rent freezing could come into the into England, the other part of me says, "Well, you know, look at Section Twenty Four and the removal of interest rate relief. That that still makes no sense to anybody." Yet that came in, and I, I suppose if I'm just thinking aloud about what that means to me, it's like, "Well, okay, we have to make sure the properties we've got still work. We still have to look at the numbers that work." But I've started to think about you know commercial as a strategy now, which I've not done before, just because. You know, I'm quite quite happy to focus on what I focused on, and that that's you know led me to some good growth. But now I start thinking, okay, well, what happens? Because I don't want to leave. You know, I want to continue doing what we're doing, uh, but how can we adapt that? And that's where sort of for me, commercial comes in. But ultimately, for me, it's it's really doubling down on the numbers and and really focusing on the numbers. And and if we start saying, well, none of these deals work, then we're going to have to start looking at alternative routes to to market, if you like. We're almost out of time, but just before we we finish up, I thought I might take a a quick dart away from anything sensible and business and pick up on something you said earlier, saying that that maybe you just buy the properties you like. And oh my goodness, I've been spotting some brilliant properties that that I just think (laughs) look so, look like they have so much potential. And this ranges from sort of two million pound hotels that need refurbishment and, and doing up, but but they've got all the basics there and things through to old warehouses or mills and things in, in Scotland that, that are up for sale for 20,000. And you think, this is a huge building. They've got planning permission for conversion into, I don't know, 10 flats or something. And, and this building's for sale for, for a few thousand. Let's do it. Let's do it. it it's in Scotland. <laughs> Let's not do it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, haven't you been listening to all the regulation <laughs> stuff we've been talking about? <laughs> Well, I, I think that is a, a great moment to remind people that if you are enjoying the show and if uh, if we've made you sl- smile or shout, you know, either of which, you know, do leave us a review on your podcast player of choice. It only takes a second and it would really help us. So please do that. Otherwise, you can find us on the businessofproperty.com. We're on YouTube. And other than that, we'll see you next Wednesday.